Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And I know it's been a little while since I've been here, and I have no excuse. As you, I never have an excuse, but this one, I, I don't know, does this count as an excuse? So it was my birthday on Saturday, and I decided just to kind of take the whole week off. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing the podcast. I think I did one podcast last week. So, um, yeah, it was just yeah, 41st birthday and decided to celebrate by not doing anything for the whole week. I was like pigging out like like I don't already. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching on video, you'll understand. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I was like, whatever, just eating whatever and just no podcasts. But that is over and we are back here. Uh, so welcome, everyone, once again to the Tuesday edition of Markets and Mortgages. We actually have a pretty busy week. It is jobs week. So we got a lot of jobs, data. We got you got job openings later today. Then, of course, we got the ADP report on Wednesday, initial, initial jobless claims on Thursday, and then, of course, the big one, non-farm payroll on Friday. But we also have some other Big news happening this week with the Fed decision. The Federal Open Market Committee will be making their announcement on Wednesday. They're meeting today and tomorrow making the announcement tomorrow. Everyone expects the 75 basis point hike again, but uh, we'll get into that little late. Well, actually, not really. We're not going to talk about it in any more detail, but I did want to give you a heads up on what was happening. We'll talk about it later this week, not later this program, but we do have some news to get to. We did have a big report on Monday, this one from Apartment List, and it's important to watch what's happening in the rental markets as much as what's happening in kind of the purchase markets because they definitely... You know, they move in tandem. You know, they move at different times, but the patterns are the same. And we know that we've seen major cooling. I don't have to tell you this. (laughs) We talk about it every day. Major cooling in the housing market, but we've still seen craziness in the rental markets. Well, finally, we are starting to see that cooling happening in the rental market. So after just crazy on fire, year-over-year increases with regards to rents, we're starting to see some major cooling off taking place. This according to the latest data from Apartment List. Month over month, the Apartment List National Index fell by 0.7% in October. That is the second straight month over month decline and the largest single month dip in the history of the index going back to 2017. (laughs) It's a little less dramatic when you say when the index started. The biggest ever since 2017. (laughs) So, uh, you know, five years. That's, you know, still a a record, but it's, it's highlighting 
how we've gone from one extreme to the next, not dissimilar to what we're seeing in the housing market where we saw record year over year growth. And now we're seeing the fastest slowdown ever on record. I mean, it makes sense, right? What goes up at record pace will also come down at a record pace uh, year over year, despite the monthly decline. So that's two month, uh, two months of declines. Rent growth is still above pre pandemic trends. And we're looking at about probably ending the year 2022. That would be ending this year at about 5.9% year over year growth, which is, you know, it's still a big increase. I mean, usually you're looking at like two or 3% a year kind of in more normalized times. Um, way down from last year when it was 18%. So that is some uh, welcome numbers for those who are renting. And then the other good news is this is happening everywhere. It's not like isolated. This is broad based rents fell in 89 of the nation's 100 largest cities in October with Boise, Idaho seeing the biggest decline 3.5%. That's not, Year over year, month over month, rents in Boise, Idaho fell 3.5%. And that was one of those uh, pandemic markets that just saw some record growth. And so, once again, what goes up at a record pace? Falling (laughs) at a record pace. Uh, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Detroit, and New York City round out the top five sharpest month over month declines with each seeing prices fall by more than 2% this month, which from some of the craziness that we've seen in New York City, that will definitely be a welcome sign. And then of course, what's contributing to this is something that we've talked about, I wouldn't say many a times here, but we've talked about it. And that is what is the whole purpose of the Fed raising interest rates? I mean, they won't come out and say it, but we know that one of the, one of the effects of raising rates is slowing the economy and raising the unemployment rate. And so why does that matter, especially with regards to housing? Well, we know when times are good, economies fire on all cylinders, you're going to see more home creation, more, um, uh, more people being able to live on their own. So someone that was maybe living with their parents, living with a roommate, all of a sudden they're making a little bit more money. They say, you know what? I'm going to move out and get my own place. And so you basically created another person who's either renting or buying. And so if you have the same amount of supply, all of a sudden now you have more compete, more people competing for the same amount of supply. It's why it's so important that we need supply to increase with the sort of creation of households. And so what happens when the opposite is taking place, when the economy is retracting, is that people who were living on their own say, you know what? Maybe I'm going to move back in with mom and dad, or maybe I am going to go find a roommate, or maybe I'm going to get married (laughs) and move in with someone. They're going to do something. And you're going to see household creation, not only slow, but in some cases actually retract. And so that's going to do what? It's going to increase vacancy rates. So when things are good, you have very low vacancy rates. When things aren't so good, you're going to see vacancy rates starting to rise. And they have now reached... In the month of October, 5.5%. And vacancy rates have been steadily rising since bottoming out at 4.1% in October of 2021. So for a year, 
this number has been rising. However, 5.5% is still pretty well below the 7.2% pandemic high. So right after the pandemic started, everyone was freaking out about the economy. That's when you saw the vacancy rate skyrocket to 7.2%. It's why all of a sudden rent started dropping. It was a great time to, to be looking for an apartment. Uh, and then if you're looking at pre-pandemic trends, for the last couple of years, they've been slightly above 6%. And so it's great that it's risen to 5.5%, but we're still below where things were in a more normalized housing slash rental market. So we've still not fully gotten back to that point, but the vacancy rate rising puts downward pressure on rents. So that is a good thing. Once again, if you're someone out there who is renting. And so what is the analysis going forward? Apartment lists research team believes prices will continue to fall, but the insanity of the first part of the year is going to keep 2022 above the pre pandemic trend. They said in a statement, quote, in the winter months ahead, we expect rental activity will continue to slow and we are likely to see continued modest price decreases to close out the year. That said, we're still on pace to end 2022 with full year rent growth exceeding any year from 2017 to 2020. So they're saying, listen, uh, we're also this also usually happens around this time anyway, sort of a seasonality change where you see a drop in rents, but this time because of what is happening with interest rates, inflation, everything else, uh, you're actually seeing a situation where rent's going to fall more than just a seasonal reason. But because things were so crazy at the beginning of the year that we're still going to see growth. And that's kind of, you know, why we're seeing rents still up about 6% year over year, but not as crazy as where we were last year when it was up 18%. <laughs> so the rental markets are reflecting what is happening in the housing market, and that is major slowdowns because of demand. Supply is remaining kind of normal. I mean, I, you know, I mentioned supply, of course, on Monday, we get the weekly data from Altos Research, a increase from last week. Remember, Mike Simonson, the CEO of Altos, said that inventory levels two weeks ago were probably at their peak. And then since then, we saw a 1% increase and now a 0.9% increase. So they are still climbing, but we are well below pre-pandemic levels. When you're looking at around a million, we're still at 577,000. So we're still well below that. But what has happened is that buyers have just disappeared because of what's happened with rates. Affordability has just be, it, homes have become unaffordable for so many people. And so the same thing is now happening in rental markets where it's not like we have a big supply all of a sudden. Sure. Some places I'm in Wilmington, for example, where I broadcast out of, I mean, we've seen a lot of <laughs> new apartment complexes. So we have seen an increase in supply, but overall it's not really been an increase in supply is so much. What we've seen happen is an increase in supply, but a bigger drop in demand with regards to, as we were talking about, household formation. So once again, Altos data showing us a little increase uh, week over week in inventory levels. 
However, they are still projecting that they're going to end the year well below what we should be seeing with a normal housing market. Um, and they're also we also saw a decline in the median price of a single family home fell to 425,000 and they are projecting that it will be at 400,000 by the end of the year. And what's really kind of interesting is this increase in inventory levels. It's not people selling homes as much as it's construction that's finally being able to be completed because of supply chain problems being fixed. And so we're still not seeing a ton of sellers out there. You know, this whole idea that everyone's gonna start selling their home, similar to what happened in 2008, which of course anyone that follows the housing market knew that made no sense because in 2008, people's loans were readjusting and they were being forced to sell. They couldn't afford their house anymore. Now people are sitting on you know mortgages that are at levels that we may never see again. I mean, if you're sitting on a sub 3% mortgage, we might never see that again. Why would you sell? <laughs> I mean, even if the home price declines in value, you're still sitting on an asset that you borrowed money to buy at a just crazy low rate. And sure, home prices might fall you know, 10%. I mean, worst case scenario, 20%. Most of the people are still going to be above water and they're going to have an extremely low payments. <laughs> And so it's like, they're just not, they're not listing their homes. We're not seeing a ton of sellers. It's mostly new construction. And so it's just, it's very fascinating what is happening. We are seeing an increase in inventory, but a lot of it is because of how much buyers are being pushed out of the market because of what's happening with rates. And the fact that we're really not seeing a huge dip in home prices is also playing a big part in that as well. Uh, I mentioned, of course, we got a lot going on this week. It's jobs week, a lot going on with jobs data, but we also have a lot of other important data that is happening this week as well. For example, later today, we're gonna be getting home price index from CoreLogic. That's like the first kind of housing report that we get every month. And it's always you know really early in the month. The, the redheaded stepchild, I like to call it, of the Case-Shiller Index. They'll give us our first look at September. Then we got construction spending is expected to fall 0.5% in September from August. That's all happening later today. Then on Wednesday, we get mortgage demand and rates. And of course, the Fed decision. Then on Thursday, we're going to be getting, or I should say the Bank of England is projected to make a decision on their uh, interest rates, they're expected to increase their rate by 75 bips like ours. We'll also get trade deficit data. And then, of course, Friday, the big non-farm payroll is expected to show 200,000 jobs created in October. So we will see. That's big. I mean, it's it's kind of unfortunate that we're getting the jobs report after the Fed decision, but let's face it, the Fed has to know what that report's going to say. <laughs> I mean, they have to, right? What's the point of being in the Fed if you don't get access to, to secret information, especially making those big decisions? So we got a lot going on this week. Busy week to start the month of November. Man, I can't believe November is already here, but so is the end of the show. We got to go. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. It is good to be back. 
I will see you Wednesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs>